way, in fact, the majority of people feel that way. The truth is, we were all sold this great lie that being part of a silent majority was something we should be proud of. Being a silent majority allowed a very loud, angry group of people to control everything. And problem there is, that small group of people, they're communists. I say that myself as someone who's the son of a Cuban refugee who had to flee communism. I know the reality of how important the American dream is. I know how quickly we can lose freedom. And that's why this is our last stand. I'm your host, Robbie Starbuck, and I'm going to be diving deep on the issues and people that matter so that together we can save the American dream and once again become a loud majority that steers the direction of this country. If you're with me and you want to spread truth and wake up the masses, you're in the right place. Together, one piece of truth at a time, we can save America. Good afternoon, guys. I know we're a little later today. we got a lot of craziness going on. Um, as some of you guys know, yesterday we had a big shoot with a group of unvaccinated soldiers to go through their story and the effect that the Biden administration's mandate has had on them. Um, I'm very excited about that. That's going to be our pre-taped episode for next week. We're trying to edit it as fast as we possibly can. So literally the moment it's ready to go, we're not waiting. We're putting it out because I think it's very important and timely with the fact that, you know, a lot of decisions are going to be made over the next two weeks as to how these men and women are going to be treated. And I also did something unusual I haven't seen the media do. I interviewed their spouses and even one of their children um, to talk about what the weight has been on them, how this has changed their lives, because I don't think the human story has been told in terms of what exactly our government has done to the bravest among us and their families who bravely support them and have to you know, worry on deployments if they're you know, dad or mom are going to come home. And I think it's an important story has to be told. So we, we did it as well as I think, I don't think I've actually seen anybody do it the way that we did it. I think that it's going to be as real raw, truthful, and there's some parts that I think are going to blow people away. Um, So without further ado, we'll jump in today though. I want to talk about obviously lead story here is yesterday since I was gone filming that we didn't talk about this, but uh, Brittany Griner, was WNBA player. Um, she was arrested in Russia for um, having cannabis, a cannabis cartridge. Um, and she was given a jail sentence. I think, you know, my opinion here, she she served an appropriate, you know, time if you're in a country where this is illegal. I think, honestly, an empty cannabis cartridge in, in America, you know, nothing would happen to you. And I think probably rightfully so. Um, but this is what happened. The Biden administration made a trade, trading the Lord of War the movie Lord of War was based on Victor Boot, and uh, he's also named the Merchant of Death. Okay, so uh, I just, you know, actually, before we get into this, I just have to acknowledge something. Um, Catterd, I don't know if you guys follow him. He's hilarious. This hilarious account. Nobody knows who, who this guy is. He's hilarious, though. He puts this up. Um, right after. When I read they traded the Merchant of Death for Brittany Griner, I was like, great, they sent Dr. Fauci to Russia. Now, see, that is a trade I could get behind a thousand percent. I think that, I mean, really, I would trade anybody for for uh, to send Fauci over there. Um, that's one of those cases where I'd be open to foreign aid. We could send money along with him if that's what it takes, but I would love to send him to somewhere else. Um, you know, they'll probably say I'm a fascist after that, but um, no, seriously, the guy's insane. So I, I think that was apt, calling him the merchant of death. Um, but going back to this Griner story, you know, 
I'm happy for any American that's repatriated, that's brought back um, when they're held in detention in another country, chiefly because I think when you're a citizen, even if you were to commit a crime in one of these countries, I do think it makes a lot of sense for them to serve their time within their own country. Um, I understand there's there's a lot of nuance here because you're breaking a law in, a, in another country. And I think that's something that obviously is, it's, it's dumb, let's just be honest. I mean, it's kind of like going on a vacation in North Korea just don't do it. Not smart. You know, don't don't bring a cannabis cartridge. Don't bring marijuana into Russia. I mean, don't go to Russia when all the rumors are that there's about to be a war between Russia and Ukraine. Probably not a good idea. You know, I just I think in general, I've always avoided countries that are imminently rumored to be going to war. I think that's just a general good rule for life. Um, it's kind of like my rule, no vacationing in North Korea. It's just a bad idea. You know, it doesn't matter if you're on your best behavior, just probably not a good idea. Just don't do it. You don't know what's going to happen there. It's kind of a crazy place. Um, you know, but beyond this, my immediate reaction is obviously, well, good good for for her that she's, you know, getting out and coming back to America, even though she she's made some comments that I obviously very much disagree with. I think she's, um, you know, hopefully during this time had time to to really laser in and think about how lucky we are to be Americans. And maybe we'll have a renewed gratitude for the country that she was born in. That would be my hope that she's gotten that out of this, that, that she's going to come back here and want to kiss the ground and, and never want to leave this place again. Um, and maybe that'll renew something in her, so light a fire inside her. You never know. Um, so I pray to God that she has some sort of transformation in that regard. But my problem here with this whole thing is who we traded her for and what we got back. If you're going to trade somebody named the Merchant of Death, who, by the way, he's named the Merchant of Death. It's not like a joke. This guy, and something I haven't seen the media talk about, the media is talking about what a great thing this was for the African-American community that Joe Biden did this. Well, they failed to mention that the Merchant of Death is responsible for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of deaths in Africa. Okay, Victor Boot armed multiple sides of civil wars within Africa. Okay. And so in doing so, without these guns, you're talking about wars that were single shot rifles and machetes and turning them over into wars that had AK-47s, surface to air missiles, all kinds of other things. When you do that, you're upping the casualty rate by a lot, by a factor of, I mean, who knows? I mean, even into the a factor of, you know, times a hundred versus what you were going to get, maybe even times a thousand. So it's a serious deal. This is not just some guy that Russia wanted back who was, you know, this loosey-goosey problem child that was in the black market. This was a serious high level, if not the highest level arms dealer in the world through the black market to these types of groups and to terrorists. And so the deal they got him on was the DEA, DEA was able to nab him by um, coming up with this undercover um, story where they, they sent these two guys who were pretending to be FARC, uh, which is a terror group down in uh, Colombia. And so they pretended that they wanted to get all of these weapons, $12 million of weapons procured so that they could attack both Colombian forces and United States forces that were working with them and explicitly said they were going to kill U.S. soldiers. And uh, Victor Boot had no problem with it, said that America's his enemy too. You know, you're in this uh, not alone. We're in this together. Things along those lines. So he was convicted rightfully and should have gone away for longer than his sentence, honestly. Um, but trading him, you would expect to get somebody back who is a high level value. Okay. Um, and not just a WNBA player. And I don't mean that to demean her, but I'm just saying in terms of high level value targets, like a WNBA player who got popped on weed 
is not as high value as you would expect to get somebody back like the Merchant of Death. And this isn't just me saying this, not just conservatives saying this. This is people worldwide kind of going, wow, that is an uneven trade. This may be the worst trade of all time. And you look at this, there's a guy, Paul Whelan. He's a former Marine. He is in jail there under suspicion of espionage. In fact, they convicted him of espionage. So, you know, Russia has said basically he's a spy. He's been in jail for longer. And if anybody is more likely to be tortured in prison, it's Paul Whelan, especially in a country that is very opposed to the United States of America right now. And the culture is, is very much against people like Paul Whelan. Now, here's where things get very concerning. It's not just that he was not part of this deal. He should have been. I want to show you something. Everybody's kind of memory hold this already very quickly in the media. This was NBC's initial report, okay? NBC's initial report was that the Kremlin gave the White House the choice of either Griner or Whelan or none. They have since retracted and edited that to say, oh, the White House didn't have a choice, okay? Maybe that's because of the number of people upset that Whelan was not a part of this. I can't say, but we're hearing from other sources, other places that there was a choice. This needs to be investigated. I'm not saying one way or the other what happened, but it's going to need to be investigated. And it's why that first report is going to be an important sticking point. NBC is not a Republican outlet. This is a very, very left-wing outlet, okay? And they said this. This came from somewhere. And first report, sometimes there's, there's credence to, you know, usually I'll put it this way. When a narrative is busted, a lot of times it happens with details that come out at the very beginning that weren't supposed to get out because the narrative wasn't entirely constructed as well as it should have been. They build and strengthen the narrative as time goes on. It's either that or it's at the very tail end of it when, when everybody gets a little bit lazy. This is one of those cases where you, you wonder, you know, and so we've got to find this out because if they genuinely had a choice between a former Marine who's been there for longer, okay, and is going to be looking at being there longer is higher value in terms of potential intelligence being extracted, things along those lines, and being subject to torture. You know, we don't know if he's being tortured, but if you're going to torture anybody, it's going to be somebody who you convict of espionage, who you think is working for a foreign government that hates you. And so to not take him back in a deal and work out something else for Griner, I think that that's, that's just beyond anything I can even comprehend. You know, I think that you have to make hard calls as an executive. And yes, you would have gotten some people very upset you traded for him and not her, but you could explain it. And I think explain it in such a way that it makes sense to people. Now, here's the other thing. The Biden administration didn't work out this deal on their own. Saudi Arabia was the middleman for it. Okay. Nobody has covered yet. What did the Saudis get for this? Because they got something. I promise you, they got something. They didn't do this out of the goodness of their heart. They acted as the middleman in order to extract something. So what did they get? Was this, you know, in furtherance of one of their goals? We deserve to know as Americans what Joe Biden was doing when when they made this deal with the Saudis as a middleman. Now, we're going to jump gears. You know, we'll follow this, see what happens, and, and see if we can get more information on exactly if there was a choice or not. There's some other things. We're going to cover the Twitter files because we've got some files to show you guys, some of the stuff that has been leaked out. And um, real quick before that, though, just a financial warning that I think is actually prudent to share. OK, you guys have heard me before talk about BlackRock, one of the most evil companies in the world. They may be evil as as you can possibly 
comprehend, but they know economics in terms of what's happening on a global scale and they understand what they're preparing for. And I just, I think this is an important quote. BlackRock says to get ready for a recession unlike any other. Now, the deeper details of this is they go on to say essentially that all of the things that have worked in the past to stop recessions or turn them around are not viable options in this type of recession, which we have not had in modern times in their assessment of it. And that it's going to be unlike anything we've ever seen. I have to just say myself, I'm preparing as if we're going into a very, 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 very deep recession, uh, being very careful, you know, um, have sold pretty much all my stock. I mean, Rumble is one of the only stocks that I own still. And it's because I truly believe in the trajectory of Rumble. I think it's going to be a great company. But, you know, I'm willing to take the losses on that if it's not. So I'm not encouraging anybody to go do what I did. Um, it's just I, I believe in it as a platform. I think that may take time, may have to be after a recession. But I think eventually it's going to grow into something beautiful. Um, so to get into this Twitter story, I want to show you guys a couple of files first. This right here, you're looking at the back end from the way Twitter uh, management and the Twitter you know, safety team can view an account. It has a bunch of markings on it. So keep in mind, this is something that Twitter has sworn up and down they don't do. We don't shadow ban, we promise. Okay, look at these. These tags on his account, recent abuse strike, notification spike, multiple accounts, do not amplify. That's an important one. The do not amplify is essentially making sure he can never feed into the trending section or um, end up amplified in any way. Now, here's another one. This one uh, with Dan Bongino, he's on a search blacklist. Okay, very important. And that in itself is something that they had denied previously that they were doing this. And then you look at libs of TikTok here. She's on a recent abuse strike. And it shows she has two strikes. In fact, she's on a trends blacklist. And on the back end, a regular Twitter employee could not take action against her account. They changed it to only the SIP PES um, being able to make decisions about her account. Now, that's interesting for reasons you're about to find out. We're going to read through the Barry Weiss thread here uh, for a minute. The account, which Chair Raychuk, which is libs of TikTok, in November 2022, um, now boasts over 1.4 million followers, was subjected to six suspensions in 2022 alone. Each time, she was blocked from posting for as long as a week. Next slide. Twitter repeatedly informed Raychuk that she had been suspended for violating Twitter's policy against, quote, hateful conduct. But in an internal SIPPES memo from October 2022, after her seventh suspension, the committee acknowledged that LTT has not directly, that's libs of TikTok, has not directly engaged in behavior violative of the hateful conduct policy. Interesting. So here's what their recommendation was. Um, so they're recommending to suspend her again. This was from the internal documents. It says, based on the account's continued pattern of indirectly violating Twitter's hateful conduct policy by tweeting content that either leads to or intends to incite harassment against individuals and institutions that support LGBTQ communities. So it's a site policy is very important. Site policy has not found explicitly violative tweets, which would result in a permanent suspension of the account. This type of enforcement action, repeated seven day timeouts at the account level will not lead to permanent suspension. However, 
Should libs of TikTok engage in any other tweet level violations of any site policies, we will move forward with permanent suspension. So they were essentially creating a workaround specifically for libs of TikTok, understanding that she had violated no policy. It was just their feeling that her tweets may make people hateful or dislike or harassing of LGBTQ. I think that's what they said. I can't remember all the letters that get added may make them feel like that towards those people, which is lunacy. If you've read her account, all it makes you do is totally understand the insanity that we're living through, the woke culture that's being perpetrated on our entire society, but especially on kids. And we're going to get into some of that in a little bit because we have a drag show to expose that's coming here to Tennessee. And it's it's supposed to be family-friendly. And I have a video from that family-friendly uh, drag tour so the people know what they're getting into if they go. And I also am calling on Tennessee lawmakers to do everything possible to make sure this show does not happen in our state because we haven't gotten a law passed yet. It's been introduced, but not passed yet, which would make this illegal. And in the interim, until we're able to get there and make it illegal, I would like us to do everything we can to stop this. Um, now, continuing down the Twitter files, the committee justified libs of TikTok suspensions internally by claiming her posts encouraged online harassment of hospitals and medical providers by insinuating that gen gender affirming healthcare, quote unquote, is equivalent to child abuse or grooming. It is. Um, compare this to what happened when Ray Chuck herself was doxxed on November 21st, 2022. A photo of her home with her address was posted in a tweet that has garnered more than 10,000 likes. When Rachel told Twitter that her address had been disseminated, she says Twitter support responded with this message. We reviewed the reported content and didn't find it to be in violation of Twitter policy. No action was taken and the docs tweet is still up today. And that's par for the course with Twitter. I mean, this, this place in the previous regime and with the people at the lower level, I mean, they're 97% Democrat donors. They hate people like us. It drives them crazy that so many people go to our pages. And when they see this, they're going to use every method in the book to silence us, period. That's just who these people are. They've moved into a very communistic mindset where they don't want a conversation. They don't want a debate. They just want to shut down the opposition because the problem is when they do debate us and have gotten into that, you know, sort of war of words in the past, they've lost badly because the truth has a funny way of vindicating itself. And so when you're in one of these debates and people really look into it, who are in the middle or trying to decide which side they're on, they tend to lose on the left. And that's the problem for them. And so that's why they have this mentality. But, you know, you all know the story of the EIP and what they did with me and how they worked with the federal government, DHS, and then made requests to social media sites to make censorship decisions on my pages. I'm just going to show you guys this. We haven't gotten the internal Twitter um, yet in terms of them showing us from the back end what my page looks like, but we do see that there's a search suggestion ban on my account and uh, something called a ghost ban, which we're still learning about. So I can explain that later. But, you know, um, that's just to say they have done this as well to, to me. And uh, it's not a surprise. We've known for a long time. And it's something that we've been pursuing. Um, you know, my lawyer's Har Harmeet Dillon, and she was also targeted. She's a little busy right now running for uh, chair of the RNC, which, you know what, that's a good seg. Let's look at this. Um, Arizona GOP has come out tonight. Um, or today, rather, and said the executive committee of the Arizona GOP has unanimously passed a resolution calling for GOP chairwoman Ronna Romney McDaniel to resign. 
very smart move by the Arizona GOP and just an encouragement to everybody here. If uh, you can reach out to your state GOP and encourage them to do the same thing and encourage Ronna Romney McDaniel to step down. And I think if we got a majority of the Republican state parties to issue these types of statements and just say, don't endorse anybody, just just say we're calling on her to step down and calling for new leadership. I think it's going to be very clear what needs to be done. And I think she may even at that point be forced out uh, before there's even an election. So I really think if you can do that, make that your mission this week, make those calls, make those emails, send those text messages to people who are part of your state level GOP apparatus. It can be a big difference maker. Send them this tweet here. In fact, I'm going to put it back up so you can screenshot it. Okay, go ahead, take your screenshots, you know, take a picture of it, go to their Twitter page, whatever you need to do. But send this on their Twitter page, the Republican Party of Arizona's Twitter page, which is at AZGOP. You can get the actual uh, file. You can get the file of what they said. They have the resolution posted on there, and it's it's very strong and is a good uh, you know sort of way to to do this. I am going to show you guys something else too from um, Arizona. So Arizona Senator Kristen Cinema has left the Democratic Party and has registered herself as an independent. I see some people getting a little too excited about this. Um, I'm going to play a video from CNN, shockingly, because there's a little nugget in there that I think exposes something we need to talk about as conservatives. You're here to make a significant announcement. I've registered as an Arizona independent. I know some people might be a little bit surprised by this, but actually, I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, a growing number of Arizonans and people like me just don't feel like we fit neatly into one party's box or the other. And so, like many across the state and the nation, I've decided to leave that partisan process and really just focus on the work that I think matters to Arizona and to our country, which is solving problems and getting things done. So. Your voting record is pretty capital D Democratic. I mean, your views are generally that of a moderate centrist Democrat. Okay, so he was right with the first part. Her views are those of a Democrat. Okay, um, the second part, calling her a moderate, is off. Okay, she she has been very helpful in one regard, stopping them from breaking the filibuster and doing all types of lunacy. So I thank her for that. Thank you for doing that. That's that's great. But you are not in any way a moderate. You are not in any way truly an independent. You vote almost 99% of the time with the Democrats. Um, I appreciate that you are kind to your colleagues who are Republican and that you go and have conversations with them. I've heard good things about her in that regard. However, I would replace her instantaneously given the chance with somebody who's Republican, period. No, no doubt about it. So I've seen some people praising her and saying, you know, as if she's joining the Republican, but she's not a Republican. She's not a conservative in any way. Even on the economic basis, I saw an article call her fiscally conservative. She's not. Okay. She voted for every crazy dole out of trillions of dollars that the Biden administration pushed, every single one. Okay. So anytime you saw a news story that said, cinema may be a holdup to this bill. She was just extracting what she wanted in order for them to get her vote. Okay. It was all show pony stuff. And so if we're going to be honest about this, like, great, I'm glad she's leaving because it does hurt the Democrats in some regards, but she is still a Democrat. The truth about why she's doing this is because she's facing a primary from the left, from Ruben Gallego, who's a rep in the House of Representatives, very popular in Phoenix with the Democrats. He's Phoenix's representative in Congress. Okay. He's also Latino. 
that is a danger to her and she knows it. And they've seen the internal polling and seen that it's very likely he would beat her in a primary. By her going and registering as an independent, this is 100% a political play for her reelection. Her best chance of winning is by daring the Democrats to run a candidate and say, you run a candidate, it's going to be a three-way three race between me, that whoever that Democrat is, and a Republican. And the odds are there's more registered Republicans than Democrats in Arizona. And the odds are a Republican is going to win because we barely win by the skin of our teeth and late night, week-long vote counts. So it's going to be very difficult to win should it be a three-way three race for a Democrat. I mean, the Republican would really have to do something extremely dumb. And uh, we'll see if it works because I do think that the progressive side of the party is so committed to their lunacy that they're going to run somebody anyways, even if it's not Ruben. And in doing so is going to hand the election to us. We'll see, though. If it is, if it is Kristen, though versus a Republican. I think with the independent label, the name ID and everything with Democrats voting, it's going to be, she's going to be harder than Mark Kelly was, I think. Um, just because the desperate Democrat voters, they're going to show up and vote anyways, even though they don't like her because they, it's a numbers game for them. They watch MSNBC every night and the idea of them losing a Senate seat, especially in a cycle, the next cycle is really bad for Democrats when it comes to Senate seats. They need every seat they can get those people will show up and then you'll have the people who were like Doug Ducey voters who voted for like Ducey and Mark Kelly, those types of people in the past. Those are sort of your cinema voters of the future because they're headline readers. They don't read everything else. They don't actually look into what happens. They're just headline people. And they see the headlines as, well, cinema's been tough on the Democrats and on the Republicans. She's she's a good, you know, middle ground centrist. And it's all it's all a lie. Okay, so let's just be real about it. She is not a centrist in any way. She votes the Democrats all the time. This is a political play for her. She has very few areas. Honestly, you know what I think it is for her? I think she hates party leadership in the Democratic Party. And I don't blame her. I mean, they're very hateable. Um, and I think that's what it comes down to for her because when it, when it comes down to actual policy, she is very much a leftist. So, um, you know, it doesn't make sense from that regard. But I've got to jump to this next story. We've got this drag show coming to Tennessee. We're going to talk about it. I'm going to show you guys this video before I post it online. I'm going to post it after this uh, show's over so that people can share it everywhere. But um, this is a video of this Christmas drag show. They're doing a tour across the country of this Christmas drag show. And if they were not allowing children to come into them, I, I, I don't care. I, I really don't. You know, I, I would never go. Not my thing. Don't like it. I think it's, it's really grotesque in many ways to me. But when you include children... That's where we draw the line. We have to have lines. You know, this is one of my red lines. So this is a video that was sent to me. This is a clip from one of their tour shows where they proudly post photos of children coming to these shows. So viewer discretion advised, don't have little kids watch this. Don't have kids watch this because the whole purpose of showing it is so that kids are not exposed to this stuff and that we set red lines that we don't cross in our states. So here we go. Shouting 
just a, a total bastardization of everything that's good about Christmas. And, and, and it's evil. I mean, this is just evil. To, when you take, this is, you know, to me, I think the most family oriented holiday that there is. It's, it's one that's about Jesus's birth. Okay. And it's been hallmarked in many ways, you know, and, and by that, I mean, you know, it's been made about tinsel and, and reindeer and all these things and they're cute. I, I like reindeer as much as anybody else. I like, I like Santa. I like all that stuff as much as anybody else does, but this is about Jesus's birth and to create this show and make a mockery of Christmas and turn it into a sexualized, just, I don't even, I don't have any words I'm allowed to use on some of these platforms. I'll be banned that this is streaming to. So I'm just going to leave it at that. You all know how I feel about it. This is coming to Tennessee. I'm going to put the details up here. Um, and what I would like you guys to do is you could screen grab that video. When I'm done with this live, you can go back, scroll to this point in time, 28 minutes in screen, record it, send it to your reps, send it to, you know, anybody in the state who's an elected official and demand action. So this is happening in Knoxville, Tennessee, December 22nd at Tennessee theater. Uh, very important. Everybody do not send any threats. Do not be, you know, don't, don't, don't make jerks out of everybody. Okay. We're angry about this, obviously, but we have to be the smarter people, the wiser people. That's why my strategy has always been a legislative one. I just, I want to make this illegal period, but I also want us to use our voices as citizens and as community members to stop this lunacy before it happens, if we're able to. And uh, to do that, I think we have to be sane, rational, respectable. That's the way you do it because, you know, obviously we're dealing with a situation that's crazy. Let that be the crazy. Okay. We don't need anybody on our side being it. Let them be the crazy because they're, they're great at it, obviously. I mean, they've got crazy on lockdown. Um, you know, so I do think people need to speak up about this, though. Reach out to the mayor's offices. Obviously, uh, the you know, there's two different mayors, Knox County and then Knoxville. Um, and then you can reach out to the state reps, reach out to our congressional reps on the federal level and even our senators, you know, and our governor. Reach out and let them know we don't want this in our state, period, because it's also going to give even more backup for the bill that we have coming up in the next session that will ban this. The, the, the reps all need to know this is not Tennessee values. We don't allow this for children, period. The bill that has been introduced still allows adults to do what they want. Okay. We don't live in a communist country. If you're an adult, you want to go participate in something like this. I can disagree with it all day long. I can think it's gross all day long. It's really none of my business. If I'm not going, um, I'm not going to share that view with you. It's not, you know, it's, it's not something I'm going to make my problem, basically. I've got bigger fish to fry than that. But when you include kids, it's everybody's problem because it's about our next generation, preserving innocence, preserving our state's values. And that happens by preserving the innocence of children and having that bedrock of values of like, hey, you know what? We don't do that with kids in our state, period. Um, so that's very important, I think, to cover. Now, next up, we've got a crazy story. This is nuts. Okay, so American Girl. This one makes me sad because I remember getting my, our oldest daughter's 14. I remember getting her an American Girl doll when she was young. Um, American Girl is accused of stripping away all innocence in a book that teaches children as young as three years old how to change their gender by asking the doctor for puberty blockers and hormones, by the way. Here's cover of the book. It's supposed to be about body image. 
And then it goes on to say that here, I got to put my glasses on for this one. Uh, being transgender is not an illness or something to be ashamed of. If you're questioning your gender identity, or if you already know for sure that you're trans or non-binary, talk to an adult you trust, like a parent or school counselor, that person can connect you with a specially trained doctor who can help you and your family decide what's best for your body. At first, you and the doctor might talk about wearing the clothes and using the pronouns like he, she, or they that make you feel the most like the true you. If you haven't gone through puberty yet, the doctor might offer medicine to delay your body's changes, aka puberty blockers, giving you more time to think about your gender identity. And if you've already gone through puberty, a doctor can still help. Studies show that transgender and non-binary kids who get help from doctors have much better mental health than those who don't. If you don't have an adult you trust, there are organizations across the country that can help you, aka if you don't trust your parents, there are places that can help you anyways. Go to page 95 for more information. Um, and it goes on, it says here, uh, if you're transgender or non-binary, loving your body might feel a bit different than it does for a cisgender person. Parts of your body might make you feel uncomfortable. Okay, I'm sorry, I gotta stop there. Who, when they were a teenager, hold on, let me pull this down. Who, when they were a teenager, did not feel uncomfortable? Everybody did, going through puberty, even before puberty. It was all uncomfortable. Being a teenager is not a comfortable thing. Like, it's weird, it's weird. Your body's changing. I went from being, you know, small size to literally I grew so much in one year I had like you know marks on my knees from it I've been over six feet since I was like I was probably 13 or 14 I was six feet tall that was I was way bigger than everybody else you know this is not a fun thing puberty okay it does not mean that you're transgender it does not mean that you're non-binary it means that you're a normal teenager who's uncomfortable in their body and in their skin that's not weird in fact it's much more bizarre for you not to feel a little uncomfortable going through puberty because it's weird now continuing um you can still appreciate your body for everything it allows you to experience and still want to change certain things about it, AKA cutting off your breasts. I mean, they're going on to essentially back this whole ideology, teaching you gender joy and um, you know, these photos and, and whatnot. So it goes on and then it gives you the resources at the end. Um, you know, I, I can't do this anymore with any of these companies. It, I've been like that for a long time. We cannot give our money to any of these companies. So if you have, you know, unfortunately a, a child or a grandchild who has this on their Christmas list, they want an American girl dollar, they want the books, you're gonna have to find something else. We are not giving these companies our money, okay? They're trying to poison our children. They're a threat. If anybody came to your front door doing this, trying to talk to your kids and tell them all this stuff, in violation of your values and your and your religious held beliefs, you would throw them out or call the police. But for some reason, when it comes to products, then people get a little weird. And they're like, well, and it's sentimental. I get it. Some people are like, it's sentimental. I had an American Girl doll. You know, uh, I won't buy that book, though. What well, doesn't matter? Okay, if you're buying anything from them, you're enriching the company that is trying to push this on our children. And the only way you stop other companies from doing the same thing and thinking they can go woke is by making sure that the woke go broke. And so that's why we cannot give these companies our money. I don't care how much we love the brand in our childhood, how much our other children love the brand. We have to do these things. And if we think these are hard things, then honestly, we're babies. This is not a hard thing to do, to cut off a company, okay? It was hard to go on D-Day and fight and die. That was hard. You know, it, it was hard to go fight in Pearl Harbor and drown in the ocean. That was hard. 
Okay. It was hard to be a fireman pulling people out of the rubble after 9-11. It's not hard to not spend money at American Girl or one of these woke companies. Okay. It might be emotional in some weird sentimental way to you, but you got to get over it because this is a time in history where we define what the future generations are going to live through in terms of culture. We define what that's going to be through our actions now. And it's our actions that will dictate if they get to be free or if they live under an oppressive regime where you can't even speak out against things like this. So now is the time to speak up. And, and I think, you know, all of us can do that with our dollar as well as our voice. Make sure people you know know about this. Make sure they're not giving money to this company. And then you yourself be that change maker you want to see. If you're listening now, you want change. And so if you want that change, that's where it starts. Um, next up. I've got to just call out this uh, this old story. Okay, I, some people are not aware of this. This is our crazy of the day, and there's a couple crazies, but this is another crazy of the day. Disabling parts of the brain with magnets can weaken faith in God and change attitudes to immigrants. Study finds. By shutting down the threat processing center of the brain, scientists weakened people's faith in God and made them less prejudiced. By shutting down the threat processing center of the brain. Okay, there's a reason we have a threat processing center of the brain. So we're we're able to to see and, and acknowledge and examine threats, okay? And you make determinations from that that can save your life. And so you're essentially if you remove that from people and make them ha not have any worries about their own life, then maybe they'll be less likely to believe in God and maybe more open to having open borders. Well, I wonder why that would be if you took away the threat analysis side of their brain. I think I think that that's very self-explanatory. But um, speaking of you know uh, brain magnets or brains being crazy, you may have missed this story. We've got two last crazies of the day. Disney has suspended Grey's Anatomy Grey, Grey's Anatomy writer. Elizabeth Finch, after claims that she fabricated parts of her life, she confessed to lying about having terminal cancer, lying about losing a kidney, lying about having an abortion that was necessary because of her cancer, which, by the way, shouldn't even be called an abortion if your baby dies as a product of that. That's a whole other story. But um, that's a medical extraction after a baby dies. But that didn't happen either. She lied about that. She lied about her brother committing suicide and more. Crazy story, but it's important because I just always like to identify to people that Hollywood is filled with crazy people, okay? We're never taking any dictates from these writers and these TV shows who try to dictate culture and morality to us when they're the most immoral people on the planet, okay? Um, so when they try to push you know, some sort of narrative through a show like that, Grays. Just remember that. Just remember that that's the case, that those are the types of people there. I'm sh I'm surprised she was even suspended, honestly. Um, you know, if she had had some sort of secondary, you know, being a woman helps, but she, she didn't have a secondary, you know, thing that she could lean on. If she was trans, I think maybe they don't. I think maybe at that point they go, oh, you know what, we can't suspend her. You know, this this is probably trauma coming out in the form of these lies. And it's really our fault. It's our fault she lied. She's probably, or I guess in that case, they would be a they, them. It's all very confusing, see? But I think you get the point. That's where it would have ended up. Um, last thing of the day here, this is actually something that somebody sent me on Instagram. I couldn't believe it. 
Um, you know, you hear Democrats sometimes say groomers don't exist. You people are just crazy. There's no such thing as a groomer. Nobody's grooming kids. Well, I would like to give you exhibit A. Guys, you want to see a fashion show? Oh, yeah. Oh, you can look at this parade. Who put on your lipstick? You did, did a you? good job. I'm scared of you. Okay, I'm going to go get change. Okay. All right, see what you got, kid. Oh, oh elegant. A spin. Oh, oh, nice. We want to see more. Okay, more, please. Oh, Try it without the hat. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> Do you realize how lucky you are? Yeah. You are so lucky. I'm so happy for you. More? We, we have yeah, one more. more. No, ten more. Ten more? Two more. Two more. Two more. Oh. Can you do a cha cha cha? Oh. There you go. Okay, that's me. That is mine. That's it for today. Oh, yay. How lucky he is. How lucky everybody is here. Yeah, I don't feel very lucky right now. That group, those four guys, they're called the Old Gays. That's their name. That's that's not me making that up. That's that's what they call themselves. And apparently they have a little boy who comes over and puts on dresses and makeup to entertain them. What are we doing in this country? Who decided that this was okay or normal in any way? It is not. And where is this boy's dad? This is why strong fathers matter. No strong father would allow that to happen. Period. I don't know how anybody watches that and can't see how terrible that situation could end up. That's just, I mean, you know what? Sometimes things are better left unsaid. I think you all can grasp what I'm thinking. So I hope you all have a great weekend. I know that we're going to be working hard on this edit for the pre-taped episode of the unvaccinated soldiers and telling their story. It's a very important one. So hopefully um, I don't get banned today and we can just get me banned after that episode is out. I think that that would work. Um, so as we go out today, I'm just going to go ahead and... I uh, thank some of our affiliates, MyPillow.com. You can get 65% off on all MyPillow products using promo code Starbuck or go to BraveBooks.us. Get some books that actually stand behind our values at BraveBooks.us for your kids and your grandkids. 15% off with promo code Robbie. And uh, you can get my book there. I have a children's book. It's fantastic, uh, if I say so myself. No, my kids love it. Their friends love it. It's it's a fun book. And everything is about our values, you know, but in a fun way. And there's really great challenges for the kids. They all love the treasure box. It's got like 30 items in it, a bunch of cool stuff and games and, and whatnot. So if you want to support the show, again, there they are, MyPillow.com or BraveBooks.us. Promo code Starbuck on MyPillow and promo code Robbie on BraveBooks.us. Um, we'll be announcing some other affiliates and sponsors coming up here. Um, we've got some great people getting behind us. But I just want to say thank you to you all. Thank you for joining us today and have a great weekend.